This is Ian Happ, and you're listening to Chasing Birdies. Chasing Birdies. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Chasing Birdies. It is Thursday, my man. How are you today, buddy? I'm doing great. How about you, bud? Dude, it's awesome, man. I get to see you again. I get to a little talk about golf, chasing birdies in life, on the course. Just finished up the Masters Easter. I mean, what the hell? I mean, what else could you want? We got a lot to talk about. Um, you know, today's episode is brought to you by Lynx Brewing. So check them out at lynxbrewing.com. Make sure you order yourself uh, some Chase and Birdies Blondale. And their other offerings are dynamite as well. We're actually going to be seeing the Lynx Brewing boys tonight. We're going to see them at their facility. George Burge is in town stringing a guitar for about 100 plus people. Uh, Lynx Brewing's putting it on. So I cannot wait to see everyone and hear that voice. Yeah, but we got a little treat today in Pittsburgh, a little Fox Chapel Golf Club. Awesome, awesome. And, you know, here we are, bud. The Masters is over. We're into another episode of Chasing Birdie, another week. And we'll get into that shit here. But what's your take, man? I'm John so Rom got it done. Tell me I'm what you so think. I'm so glad a live player did not win. Now, I feel bad for you because you took Kepka, mm-hmm. big odds to win. Mm-hmm. He had a shot. Um, but ultimately, you know, the PGA Tour rose to the occasion and, and uh, walked away with it. I just, again, I'm just so glad that a live player would not did not win because it would have just been all about that. Well, I wasn't even really worried about that aspect of it. Obviously, with having Kepka on the wager... Wednesday night, I put a nice little wager on Kepka, and by Saturday night, I'm like, holy shit, this thing could really come to fruition. But you had Phil Mickelson coming in second place at Augusta at mm-hmm. how old? 52? Whatever. Live. I mean, my man played great. I felt terrible for Tiger Woods. I I, I really can't see him playing that much longer, at least it's, at least yeah. in, in, in this regard. I mean, he's limping around. He can't walk. It's tough, man. I hate to but say it, but I think it's uh, it's over. Some of the names that I was surprised not to see up there, although it was a, you know, different type of Masters, especially mm-hmm. with the rain and the delays. But you know, Max Homa, nowhere to be seen. Uh, Cam Smith, playing in the Masters, mm-hmm. nowhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and really, Spieth, other than shooting what he shot on Sunday which put him in contention or at least up the leaderboard. He wasn't really floating around. McElroy misses cut. Justin McElroy. Thomas misses cut. So it was, it was a very exciting Masters, and uh, um, hats off to John Rahm. So happy for him. I thought McElroy was going to run away with it, boys, uh, at the start of the week, you know, having Bob Rotella, mm-hmm. ex-guest on the, on the show, spoke to him a little bit, and, and he was staying with Rory all week. So you have a golf psychologist, sports psychologist in your house all week, staying with him every single night, wake up, have breakfast, cup of coffee, talk a little bit, but maybe uh, that wasn't a, the recipe for success. But I think Rory will bounce back. Uh, there's a lot of players that will bounce back. We got three more majors, bud. You talk about the mental aspects. It's like you kind of put yourself in these guys' positions a little bit. Like what would you do under that circumstance or that situation at that point in time? And it's amazing that these guys, they, they don't know what the pressure is. They feel maybe a little bit of nerves. 
but they can continue to perform under that environment. Like you, you drive the ball better than anyone that I've ever seen. You hit that ball straight, high, and long. So imagine you, bud, on Sunday on 15 at Augusta. You stripe it down there. Now you got a little downhill lie to a reachable par five. What do you do? What are you going to Sk- do? I'd probably skank my second shot, um, to, be, to be quite <laughs> honest. Probably skank it low. And into the water, or it'll be low, or it would be um, high and right. I'd short arm it. So I would love to see you hit it long, and then have to come back towards the pin with no, the because you got the chip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh shoot! Hats Crazy, off though. Dude. Yeah, I know. To to the amateur Sam Bennett, obviously playing really well, and our boy Ben Carr. I shot him a little text message. Told him, you know, hope he learned something from the experience. It has to be awesome. You know, you get to play in that type of environment. So, yeah, kudos to you, Ben. I mean, that's exciting for him. You learn something. You 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 kind of put yourself against the guys that you're going to hopefully be playing against and see where you uh, stack up, so to speak. And I mean, people forget too that John Rom on one four putted the first hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he four putted the first hole in the whole event, made a double, still wins the freaking thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that speaks volume, guys. Don't throw the towel in. That's um, it, but early on in a round you can you can bounce back i i actually just got you know i was in on vacation last week in florida and and uh told the wife i wasn't taking the golf clubs and i had a nice invite to calusa pines i kindly turned that down hoping that that will uh get me some points for the future because i have a lot of golf coming up it was a tough turn down though calusa pines our boy rocco mediate always talks about it how good it is and um i was glad to have my toes in the sand how about you, bud? It was the right move for you, bud. Yeah, I spent a weekend last weekend uh, down at the Greenbrier. Took the clubs down. I hit golf balls for 25, 30 minutes max. Uh, didn't really get out too much, but I will tell you that, you know, people are kind of stoked about the little Jason Birdie two-man event we have down there in June. Mm-hmm. Place is looking great. I did go to the casino on uh, Saturday night before dinner. I had like 20 minutes, so really didn't have too much time, but I'm waiting at this table. It was a $25 minimum table. And I'm waiting. I'm just waiting for the dealer or someone in there to say, hey, bud, you want to you wanna join in? But nobody was saying that to me. And I don't want to mess their flow up. So I said, fuck it. I'm going to the high limit room. They had a table. No one's sitting there. $100, $100 minimum. So I, I just pulled out my wallet, whatever. And I didn't know you had a wallet, bud. My little money clip. I think I had like 800 bucks. So I threw the 800 bucks down. I said, this is going to be quick, man. So I got one hand of blackjack in and cashed it out for 1675 and I went right there and got a big steak at the Jerry West Steakhouse. So they bought your steak for you. Yeah, absolutely. It's genius. Yep, yep. left. Genius. Rolled. Rolled. And, you know, so it was a good weekend, but heading out. Good, good spot. Yeah, we'll see you there, buddy. And I will see you there. Golden Glove winner. And I know you are in the jewelry business, bud. But I, today's I, guest, I Ian Happ, has a golden glove. So what do you know about gold and gloves, bud? Well, Number one, Ian Happ, the story is awesome. I love how he kind of talks about the different business ventures he's in. Very smart. Love Mm -hmm. to see that. Equipment junkie. Mm -hmm. Again, I think I'm an equipment junkie. He's clearly more of an equipment junkie. Uh, I mean, he was talking about Bettinardi bending a little bit to his putter, Mm -hmm. um, and we'll get into that. In the meantime, after the show, if you're interested in gold, go to Joyce'sJewelry.com. Check them out on their website. Their social media is really good. Joyce'sJewelry.com. 
They've got your wedding bands. They've got your engagement rings, uh, watches, bracelets, earrings, right hand rings, men's jewelry. So they got something for everyone at every price point. And if you need a little nice touch of uh, uh, customer service, Brandon at Joyce's Jewelry, email him. He'll get you, respond to you immediately, and take good care of you. Um, so send him to Chase and Bert. Tell him this Chase and Birdie boys sent you at checkout. Chase and Birdie's 20, get you 20% off. Bingo. Check him out. And the kid does answer emails. him. Mean, you play golf with him. He sits on his phone all day. It's like. Oh, yeah. You just played with him at Pete Dye. How was that? It was great. It was great. I mean, tough back nine. It was great. Ian Happ, though, incredible story. Former Pittsburgher, Chicago Cubs outfielder. Let's get this thing rolling, guys. All right, guys. Welcome back here to another episode of Chasing Birdies. And I know you guys out there are smelling the grass being cut and the flowers, making you want to get out there on the golf course. But it is also baseball season. It just started. And we are joined by Pittsburgher and now Chicago Cubs outfielder, Mr. Ian Happ. Ian, my man, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. At least I get to talk a little golf. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know, I mean, I'm sure, obviously, looking at your Instagram, I feel like you're on tour. <laughs> you look like <laughs> that, I'm jealous of all the guys that are on tour. I want to <laughs> be like them. Yeah, and that's the truth, man. And Grayson, dude, real quick, I mean, the shit they put out is is – you know, next to nothing. I mean, obviously we have Holderness and Bourne in our back pocket and we really like their apparel, but it just seems like Grayson is taking it over right now. Yeah, it's been really cool to be able to to work with them. Um, it's been something that I've been thinking about for a long time is like how I could go and do something that fit my lifestyle where it's like, you know, I, I work out, I'm in the gym a lot, you know, but then I go straight to the golf course in the off season. And then I, mm -hmm. I, those pieces, like they were the first company to really do like the hoodie that you could wear to the golf course or you could go to dinner in. And like, yeah, right. like pieces that you can do everything in life in uh, as well as golf or workout. And that was just like so perfect for me. So being able to actually mm -hmm. do something with them, have some input on some pieces and um, start to help build out that active wear side and what that looks like for, for athletes in the gym and to really be compatible with, with my workouts. I'm super, super excited for that. They probably don't want my two cents on the, the gym side of things since I don't hit it very often. How did that whole relationship come about with Grayson? Um, you know, being a major league baseball player, uh, being a really good golfer, you obviously have a partnership with a partner of ours, Bettinardi, as well. Um, but how did the Grayson kind of form? Did you reach out to them? They reach out to you? Yeah, I had met um, Luke Donald doing one of his charity events in Chicago because he went to Northwestern um, and is still pretty tied into to the Chicago First Tee program. And so I did one of his charity events, spoke on a panel with him. I knew he was a Grayson guy. And so when I was thinking about this for the first time, I kind of reached out to him and just said, hey, man, I'm thinking about this. What do you got? Uh, he ended up connecting me with Charlie Schaefer, who's the founder. And so we jumped on a call and kind of nothing really came of it. You know, it was a good opportunity. You know, maybe we'll think about it. Yeah. And then a year later, it was kind of the perfect storm, perfect timing. It was, you know, I was still really interested in it. They were in a place where it made more sense, and and we kind of I went down and played uh, a round of golf or a couple rounds of golf at, at Ohoopy with them. They were hosting an event, got oh. to know the guys, and then uh, it was kind of from there it was a done deal. And we they came to Chicago, we filmed all that stuff. I think I don't know if you guys saw it came out on Instagram last night, like the official announcement. Yeah. Um, and so they filmed all this stuff in Chicago, drone footage and 
run around different spots. And it turned out really awesome. Um, and to be able to kind of collaborate on, there'll be a lot of stuff coming after this, but like the beginnings of collaborating on some of that stuff and then sending them some of the apparel that I like to use, like that part has been for me so fun. Well, being a golfer, obviously being a professional baseball player, but being a golfer, you're obsessed with the game of golf and you're able to put your two cents into something that you can wear is really cool. And and like you said, that's the thing with golf right now. It's a active, it's a lifestyle piece that you need, right? You need to be able to wear it at the golf course, at the country club, or go to dinner with your, your wife or girlfriend or whatever. People don't want to have to keep going home and changing and things like that. And I think that's where all these brands are really getting it. Well, I mean, Ian, he's a specimen. I mean, athletic built and Grayson tailors to that type of build like me, you know, like Ian, you know, maybe not so much you, Pep, but I mean, I know you still like to wear it. Um, Anyways, you know, we could talk about this clothes shit all day, but um, it's just really cool for you. But grew up in Pittsburgh. We have a huge Pittsburgh following, Ian. Mount Lebanon High School. Neil Walker was telling us that several guys came out of Mount Lebanon made it to the major so hats off to you how did you end up going to university of cincinnati were they on your radar uh in high school or or you have some offers elsewhere yeah well first of all yeah lebo we we've kind of had sneaky a handful of guys who have done it you know donnie kelly and and josh wilson are kind of the two biggest ones and then mark cuban went there and kurt angle so there there's some there's some <laughs> sneaky names from mount lebanon but yeah. um you know i did i had some offers it was kind of more like Big Ten, um, you know, some Ohio State, Penn State, Kent State, like a lot of schools that were close to Pittsburgh and in that area. I didn't really, you know, I wanted to go play at a big school in the South. I wanted to go play in the ACC or the SEC, and, you know, those schools just weren't very interested. And I went on my visit to Cincinnati and saw the facility there. We have have an amazing stadium. You know, Cincinnati, they're, you know, they fit 3,500 people, and it's a real – stadium and you have access to it all day so you can go in and hit at night there's cages in there everything's on campus uh, and it was a really good business program for me it made a lot of sense Um, and so it was a pretty easy decision when it came down to it and I couldn't be more thankful for being able to play three years there and and the opportunity the business school gave me to you know be in that program and also go play summer baseball and they worked really well with me which was cool is it common for and I don't know that much about that being drafted in the big leagues, I always think that people come out, get drafted 18, 19 years old, but is it common for a college baseball player to, to, to leave after two or three years, or is it pretty much they play out the four years and then get drafted? How does that whole dynamic work? So once you go to college, to a Division One program, you have to play three years, so you can't get drafted until your junior year. Okay. Once you're a junior, then you're draft eligible. So most guys will get drafted after their third year. Um, There's definitely guys that play four years and get drafted and and continue on. But most guys that get drafted, it'll be after their third year. I think that's so important, too, for a college athlete to – or for for an athlete. You know, the kids that get drafted 18, 19 years old don't get to experience the daily grind of being a college athlete, a student athlete, to where you kind of get into a a schedule and you have to be a practice and and go to class. And I think that's really important. The time management side of it is ridiculous. Like what college athletes have to do from the travel perspective, from just – practice you know we would have like you would have 6 a.m 
morning workouts and then you'd go to class and then you come back to do practice mm-hmm. and then you'd have to go home and do your homework. And we would talk all the time, even my college roommates that I played with, like, you remember getting back from a road trip and then having to write a paper before going to like your yeah. 9 a.m. class on Monday? Like what a crazy thing that was. And it really did, mm-hmm. did teach you the discipline and like how to prioritize, you know, what was important to you. Let me ask you this because I'm just curious. I don't I don't follow college baseball that much, but is it as is it as popular? Maybe that's not the right word for a college baseball player to enter the transfer portal if that even exists. Because you see it so often in college basketball, you see it so often in college football, and you don't hear so much about it in baseball. But is that even a thing? Are there? Are there teams now feeling the effects of the, of a, a great player leaving after their sophomore year to go play elsewhere? Yeah, I, there there are. You know, and what's crazy is I'm too old now. Like I, that wasn't a thing when I was there. Like if I, when I was in school, if you right. transferred, you had to sit out a year, which is basically like yeah. Like in football, you guys could do that, right? They would go their freshman year, they'd get redshirted, they wouldn't, it wouldn't see an opportunity, so they'd go transfer and sit out a year and play. And in football, you can do that. In baseball, if you sit out a year, like you might as well not play. Like you're not going to get, mm-hmm. nobody's going to care about you if you sit out for a year in baseball because you have really three years to prove, you know, and it, you're kind of making this resume to get drafted. And so, you know, I there was an experience there where our coach left and a new coach came in and it wasn't even an option or a thought because you couldn't do it. And now mm-hmm. there are like there are kids that are freshman all American at smaller schools or you know bigger schools, but another program might be after them and kids will go all over the place, which is really really interesting. And and it's given the power back to the athlete, which I think is a good thing. Yeah. No, it is. I mean, there's probably some pros and cons to the whole damn thing, but uh so 2015 rolls around, you get selected in the first round by the Cubs, by the organization Correct. within the Cubs. I think it was the Iowa Cubs. Is that what you played for first? Well, how, how, how did that feel, you know, finally? Yeah, I mean, it it was it was amazing. Kind of how it works is you get drafted by the Cubs, and then they place you on, you know, whatever team you go through the system. So, like, I, I hit every level. So I got drafted by the Cubs in 15. They sent me to Eugene, Oregon, which is short season A-ball. So I played there for a month. Then I get sent to South Bend, Indiana, and I played there for a month and a half. Season ends. 2016, I went to Myrtle Beach, which is high A, for half the year. I went to Tennessee, Knoxville, which was double A for half the year. And then 17, I started in Iowa and triple A for a month. And then got called up to the big leagues. But that's kind of how the system works. And you they just put you all over the place. You can't get out of the cold, bud. I, that's the that's the thing. That's the thing. I just, you know, I don't want to be cold. That's why I moved to, I, as soon as I got drafted, my brother and I, my brother was in Chicago at the time and was going to relocate. And we went to Austin, Texas and visited and we were like, yep, got it. That's where we'll go. So I spend my off seasons in Austin and I get out of the cold because I have lived too much of my life in cold weather. I mean, it's, that's it's, crazy. It's, it's, Chicago is brutal. I love the city of Chicago. I've never been to, to Cub Stadium, but everybody uh, speaks very highly of it. You know, our friend Story Snyder, he loves it there. Chicago um, is the tons best of good city. golf. It's the best summer city in the world, and it has incredible, incredible golf. November, yeah, December, January, February, that. get out of there. Get out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the golf in Chicago area is dynamite. I mean, you can go on and on and on. 
which we'll, we'll probably get into that. But I want to say congratulations to you, though, because I know you were the fourth club to receive the Golden Glove Award last year, 2022. So I'm sure, you know, and already into this early part of the season, you hit a solo shot home run the other day. Um, so it seems like things are carrying over into 2023. What's your outlook this year for you personally and for the Cubs as a whole? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's just doing a lot of the same things that I did last year and like carrying that forward. You know, you work on stuff every off season, you know, you maintain, you work on your body, you do little things, but it's really just going back out there and doing it for 162 again. And, and, um, yeah, that, that part of it's really fun. Uh, the Cubs, you know, we, we have a lot of new guys. We have a lot of experienced veteran dudes that we brought in. We spent some money this offseason on the really good players. So and we have a chance to really compete for the division. And it's going to be really exciting to kind of get to know all those guys, pick everybody's brain, like see how these guys go through the season. Because we have a bunch of guys who have, you know, six, seven, eight years of experience in the big leagues. And that's when you get a group like that together. It, it's always fun to, to watch that start to mesh. Yeah, You could do damage. If if the Pirates called you and they wanted to make a blockbuster deal trade for Ian Happ, would you put that on the no trade clause or what? I you know I wish we had any control. We don't. But the the Pirates, you know, growing up going to games at PNC, I was an Indians fan growing up. I'll be honest because my dad was from Cleveland, but then living wow. in Pittsburgh, oh. you uh, going to PNC it was special and like that ballpark is super super cool and i used to sit up in the left field corner and watch games for like nine bucks and so now every time i go back like it is <laughs> a really special experience that's awesome that's got to really be really cool. cool really cool stuff so with with being the 162 games i don't think people realize how grueling that is for someone like yourself because you're in the outfield you have to you play every game you're not a pitcher where you get four days off or three days off you're there every day What's the what, what's that? You know, you, you're you're obsessed with golf, but at the same time, you're in the middle of a baseball season as well. So, how does that coincide? How do you get time to do what you love uh, on the side? Yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of off days, right? We don't we don't get a lot of time. Um, and the the most amazing part about baseball is that you play 162, and like as a competitor, you're trying to play as many of those as possible. Like I played 158 last year, and so you don't you just don't oh, get geez. you just don't get that many uh, days. But I try to play golf every off day. Like that is my getaway, my time. Like every time we have an off day, no matter what city we're in, uh, I'm trying to play golf. So you know we're going to LA in a week or so. So we're getting getting golf set up you know that's that's like how you break up i break up the season it's like you you go somewhere you have an off day or even in chicago it's just we hope we don't have too many chicago off days early where you can't play right so where are you eyeing up in la you gonna try to play riv or uh Country yeah Club? well lacc is closed to guest play because of the open um because oh, the open yeah right. so it's looking i i think we might do bel-air but i think we have we have a riv oh. I might have a Riv connection too, so we're looking at Bel Air Riv, trying to decide. Which is, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough life. Yeah, I'm grinding, trying to decide between Riv or Bel Air. Hard, yeah. I don't know, man. I feel it's, so bad for you. It's yeah, really tough, tough. Uh, yeah. you know. Play, play in the show, and then play on your off days. Play Riviera or Bel Air Country Club, huh? You know, like during your off season, you're playing golf with your buddies. You're probably having a couple beers, got the music cranked up, maybe, maybe some Tito's, maybe high noons, maybe not. But the point is, my question. You're playing on the road. You got a day off. Does that change at all for you? You boys still out there just yucking it up, having a good time, or is it a little more, you know, a little more conservative? 
Uh, no, I mean, we're still out there having a good time. I wouldn't say that I'm not like a heavy golf course drinker, you know, a, yeah. a ranch water or a transfusion at times. I'm not getting after it on the golf course. I just never really been able to. I'm very, I like the people that can just like take them down on the course. Throw it's it always down. very impressive to me. I, I still need to be able to see the golf ball. But yeah, we, we have a good group of golfers on this team. I know mean, Tucker Barnhart's a really good player. Drew Smiley's a good player. A couple of young pitchers can play. So, we got a nice little group. I think that's when you have a team that you have like three or four good players and you can always get a foursome together. That's really fun. Oh, yeah. Could you imagine being a pitcher, though? Like every three days, for three days in a row, you're just playing golf and then the fourth day you pitch. I'm so jealous of pitchers. I've I've always been. I mean, my my best, Anthony Rizzo and I played a lot of golf together when, when we were teammates. But John Lester and I probably have played the most golf together. And John and I, John Lester. Yeah, John's a player. John's a player. John's a, a three or four. Damn. Yeah, we we've played a lot together and kind of all over the country. And I was all like, he could go play, you know, three four days in between starts and then start every fifth day. And he didn't he didn't play as much as he could have. But you know, the guys that will go out there and we'll go like we're in Cincy right now and we're gonna have three nice days of weather. Like if I was a pitcher and I wasn't pitching this series, like I would be trying to be a Camargo for three straight days. I'd try to, I'd my joint just so I could play right. for three days and then just <laughs> go back to Cincinnati. Well, it's funny. It's funny you say that. Um, Bob Rattella is a good friend of our families, and and he was working with John Smoltz whenever Smoltz was playing for the Braves, and you know he'd call Smoltz, and Smoltz would want to talk to him about his golf game, not about the game of baseball. And he's trying to get better at. And Rattella's like, "You're paying me to." your sports psychologist for baseball and we're talking more about golf than your actual job um and it's just you know golf is a game of addiction you want to get better there's you're trying to get better somehow and the places you get to go to are incredible yeah that's the coolest i mean my dad worked for the usga as an agronomist so i grew up around golf i grew up around the game i grew up with an appreciation for the grass and the layouts and and um to get to go see some of these places and play some of the historic spots is really really special but it's it's an addiction and what i've always said is that golf can help you be a better baseball player it can help you like mentally like the the resetting in between shots having a bad shot having to reset doing something that's not perfect having to be okay with it like there's su- such a connection to baseball there you know taking a bad swing and then having to reset 8 seconds 10 seconds before that guy throws the next pitch and having that 8 to 10 seconds of extreme focus and like doing that over and over that's what you do throughout the course of a baseball season, playing the outfield or hitting and seeing you know, 3,000 pitches in a year. Like Those are the things that kind of carry over for me. Your love of, uh, for golf, when did, obviously, you're, like you just said, your father worked for the USGA, so you, you grew into a little bit of golf, but when did your love officially kick off? I mean, like, like we said in the beginning of the podcast, you've aligned yourself with some major golf brands and it's really cool to see that these major golf brands are tying themselves into other sports. And that's what people need to start realizing too, is that golf brands are starting to realize, oh, these athletes, they can help our business out you know, in the long run. So when did this all start for you? I, I mean, I fell in love with the game from an early age. You know, I had a club in my hand at 13 months. I played growing up oh, wow. nonstop. I played on the high school golf team. I was just better at baseball. <laughs> and, and you know, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't play a ton in, in college. You know, I was super focused on baseball and didn't, you know, there just wasn't time. But after I got drafted, 
and my brother and I were living together, I think that's kind of when in the off season I played a ton of golf. I would I would you now join a club after my first year in the big leagues and kind of got to go and practice and be out there and like that is now in the off season my getaway and like my happy place. Like I'll go work out in the morning, right. get to the golf course by noon and I might not play every day, but like I'll go putt for a couple hours. I'll go to the short game area and just like be outside and, and get away. And that is so nice for me. And so since kind of 2015, I've really jumped back into golf and like, um, I've always been an equipment junkie, but like pretty crazy with like dialing in everything. And like, I want my next thing, like I really want to get a track man or something and just like, <laughs> it's dangerous. There you go, bud. You're, he's going through that right now. Yeah, it's a it's a nightmare because you got when you start reaching out to these companies and you send the inquiry and then they call you, and then they want pictures of where you want to put this simulator, and then the other company calls you and then they want to come out, then they want to like stay on you and ask you for updates, and then you're like, just I'm just like, hey guys, I, I didn't make a decision yet. Like, I'm between full swing and TrackMan. And right now, I just haven't made a decision. I've heard really good things about both. I don't really care so much about the aspect of being able to take TrackMan with me. In fact, the subscription cost to be able to take it to the range adds 20-some grand to the overall cost. So I'm not taking it to the range, but I'm more or less trying to get it in my house. So yeah, you'll have fun with that. I'm sure when when you got across that bridge, it'll be something fun for you. And as an equipment junkie, what are you hitting right now? You want the full bag? I want the full bag from Ian Happ. What's uh, happening? This is like the Golf Works WITB. I'll start. I'll start with the driver. I just went to. I just went to Ping. Uh, their headquarters in Arizona, so we were out there for spring training. We. I just went out there, my brother and I, and we we got the driver dialed. So I, I got to remember the spec now. Four thirty LST, nine degrees, cranked up to ten and a half, I believe, because it shut the face. So the LST, the face was like. A degree open and I could not keep it on the planet so crank the loft up shut the face the Tensi blue TR 6x goes really far Num- numbers are we're, very good we are that. very close and then uh, I got the Shrixon the it's the u85 like the old driving iron so I play a two and a three driving iron no three wood those things are money. Wow. With the old with the recoil shaft, that thing goes straight no matter what. It's un, those <laughs> clubs are unbelievable. And then I have Mira's the 502s that just came out. Those are nasty. That's what we George got, Burge has the either yeah. butter. Yeah, Project Project X 65s in there. Bentonardi wedges of course. They do a uh, an awesome custom grind for me and they'll grind them all down kind of I play in Texas in the in the off season on uh, Bermuda, mm-hmm. and the Bermuda can get really, really thin, and so like need a ton of bounce out there, uh, and so they really help me out with that. Uh, I do fifty, and then I have a fifty-five and a fifty-nine is my stepping, and then I have right. a I have a Bentonardi BB eight try. It's like all customed out with this like sick fancy neck uh sound slot in there it's really really cool putter really cool what's the sound slot it's like right so right behind more ping yeah right behind the face instead of it being like from the face straight to the back of the putter there's just a little cutout 
right behind the face. Interesting. It literally, like right where the, the back meets, it's like right here. Yeah. Is where they kind of drill out a sound slot and it gives it a more of like a distinct ping, like yeah. when you hit it's it. Ca- it's kind of, it came from one of the, um, like the old answers used to have it. Exactly. Dude, I was just out at ping in December. I got, I got, I went through the whole kit caboodle out there. I got the 430. Um, the 230s are money. Those new irons they came out with and that crossover, two iron crossover is really incredible. Yeah. The incredible. Uh, that their facility is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's the best is, range. Isn't it insane? Yeah. The grass is perfect. They have like all different types of grass. So when the tour guys come in, they want to hit off different types of grass and see how it reacts. They're, they have a robot in there that's just whacking whatever they want. And then they have, they put me on like the mocap. So they have this, they have a, a driver and like a seven iron. So they're doing motion capture on all their tour players and kind of high swing speed guys. So they put me on the mocap to do some of that, which was super interesting. But yeah, the 430 is hot. And I had hit the 425 max for a long time and too spinny, but very straight, you know. And so I was kind of reluctant to change. And once I put the 430 LST in the bag and couldn't keep it on the planet, but after, uh, after some tweaks and like shutting the face down, I have not played around with it yet. My first round will be in LA with that mm-hmm. thing, but on the on the range during the fitting, we got it to a very good place. Did it? Let me ask you something. I just went through a, a driver fitting, and I hit them all. I hit Titleist, Cobra, Ping, Callaway, TaylorMade, and I'm I'm coming from TaylorMade right now. I mean, in other words, I have uh, uh, Sim Two and M Five, but I needed a new driver. When I hit that ping, not only did were my numbers better, but I did not feel the ball leaving the face. It was like it just melted off of the face. And so I went with the 430 LST. I got the Tenzai orange shaft. I know you had the blue. I got the orange. But when you hit that thing, when you were squaring it up and hitting it perfect, did you do you agree? Like you don't even feel the ball leaving the face. Like it just feels so like, I don't yeah. know. And it's a much different sound than the last one too. It's like more muted. It, it's that. I mean, that club feels very, very good. Ping has been at the top of the driver game to me for for a while now. I I would never have played a ping and then hit the the four hundred max. So good, like dead straight. And when I when I get new clubs, I'm very much like look and feel over numbers. Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. like if I can't like I, if I can't look at a driver. I, I just, I won't even hit it. Like, I don't care how good the yeah. numbers are. Like, I know that when I get out on the golf course and if I can't look down at this thing over and over, same thing with irons. So I had I didn't even consider, you know, switching to one of the other brands because it was like, I've hit the ping so well. This thing looks very similar. Like, I will find a setup that works with it. Um, and ping has been at the, the, their drivers over the last, what, six, seven years have just been ridiculous. That's it, Rocco Mediate. He can't get out of that G four hundred. That's what we were talking about. He he just loves the way it just. I'm like, bud, get the four thirty. Like they can find a shaft for you. So he's finally. We saw on Instagram. He's kind of tweaking now with the shafts, and and he's a big believer of heavier shaft in everything. The heaviest you can get. Um, but he's been stuck on that G four hundred forever. Yeah, and he said, I I think I saw something with him. Did he say that he wants to create more spin because he needs spin to hit it right to left? 
I think that mm-hmm. was his. He was like, he was like, everybody's trying to take spin off. Like, I need the spin because I gotta, I gotta move mm-hmm. that thing because he really moves it right left. Yeah, we love that guy. I mean, he's been awesome to us. But man, is he? He's an equipment junkie like us too. It's, it's, yeah. it, we are all equipment junkies essentially. I mean, if you love the game of golf and you're halfway decent, you care about your equipment. That is hundred yeah, percent. You, you got to, you know what you're swinging. So when you got fitted for Betnardi, did you go through the whole, the whole thing up there? Yeah, I've done, I've done. I've done the whole thing with them, you know, over the years. So we started working together, and um, they made the, my the first putter for me probably mid seventeen, um, and you know we've been working together since then. Uh, and I've been a brand ambassador and doing stuff with them. So I've been through a number of putters, and this one, I've done the fitting before, but this one was, hey, I need something that is like traditional blade, and they sent me kind of mm-hmm. what was in the hive or the tour bag and i was like send that in i would love to see it kind of started rolling it and was like oh this is this is money then i went back up there rolled it in the in the lab was was launching it a little low and so we just changed the specs a hair so that i because putting on bermuda the one thing that i had learned was it my my i rolled it really well up north and, and kind of throughout the season then i went back down to texas and was putting on bermuda and when you launch it low on Bermuda, because of the grain, if you're into the grain, it'll really bounce. And so I had to get it where it was launching positive, you know, whether that was just like a quarter of a degree or half a degree, so that it would get above the Bermuda and not bounce. And my cause my speed control was so bad. So I went back up there. We kind of tweaked the the specs to make sure that it was launching just enough and have rolled it really, really well. Um, but that putter, that putter, I'm struggling to take out of the bag. It's so good. We just went there. Um, a buddy of ours, Brandon, just went through a fitting there. He's never been through the fitting, and he saw the facility. And uh, people don't understand how cool that facility is until you actually walk through and get to see everything is done yep. right there. And he was going through the whole process. They're bringing putters out of the hive, and you know they, they asked him, what's, what's your miss? And he said, short. Like, I'm always short. So like he misses short putts in misses short putts, but they took out, they, they gave him a softer face. Okay. And he said, well, why are you giving me a softer face? I need to get it to the hole. And they said, well, that's your problem. When you have a firm face and you short arm it, it's going to be, your miss is going to be short. At least a softer face, you know, you have to hit this to get it to the hole, no matter what, how bad you're putting. And like just something like that, a small tidbit like that, it's, it sounds crazy, but it's true. And to go through that whole putter fitting, I firmly believe, and, and I, I'd like to get your thoughts, that a putter fitting might be the most important club in your bag, potentially next to the driver, that you need to get fit for. I, I think so too. And I, I think that people don't realize, or the, the average normal golfer doesn't realize how big of an effect the putter can have. And people just pick up, well, this feels right. It might feel right, but you also might have it aimed like, five degrees right all the time. Um, and I think everybody can go and get a, you know, a little face mirror and a laser and do that thing where, mm-hmm. you know, you put the laser on the back of the hole and you put the mirror on the face. And like, if those things line up, then you're, you know, we're doing a good job here. But if you pick up your putter and every time you're lined up 10 degrees left and then you wonder why you, you know, miss putts left or hook putts, it's like, well, you know, you're starting in the wrong spot. And the eye is so, I've done a lot of work with like 
eyes and vision training because like what we do is so visual right and i've done a lot of and it's so amazing to see i, know, I did the adele putter fitting once and to see that when they mm-hmm. change the dot line combination or all of this this stuff that how it can manipulate where you actually line up the putter and I, I think it's an easy thing to do for everybody and then also the way that you launch it like if you're hitting down on the putter and you're hitting it dead into the ground and then you wonder why your speed control is bad or if you're popping it up and you wonder why your speed control is bad it's like well you can't make a consistent stroke like that so with the visuals i mean you're you're referring to obviously using it in baseball how does that kind of transcribe over the golf? Like what were you able to pick up from that and use it to better your golf game? That's interesting. That's an interesting thought. Yeah, I think it's, um, there's some really interesting research just behind like vision training, juggling, ping pong, and like how that relates to coordination, spatial awareness. And, and I think that like those little, you're trying to hit a ball with a stick, right? And you're trying to coordinate like, Mm-hmm. what your eyes see with the ball and your athleticism and like, you know, squaring that little white ball up all the time. And so the more awareness that your brain has, spatial awareness and, and where everything's lining up, you know, the more accurate you're going to be with the club. And I think it's it's probably more impactful in baseball where we're trying to hit, you know, 95 that's moving all over the place. But I do think that there's um, yeah. <laughs> there's ways that it applies to all all sports and even life. You're doing oh, something man. too pretty cool with with your shoes. I know I saw on Instagram, might have been your Instagram, the Grayson logo is on there as well. You want to talk a little bit about where that came from and, and the MLB giving players the ability to give their personality on their shoes. Yeah, I think the the regulations have been loosened um, definitely over the last you know number of years now. But you know the the thing that I like to do with my shoes is really tell a story or or, or talk about the city kind of number one so like the the shoes i wore during spring training had 312 on them which is the area code for for chicago and then the there's there's a y symbol that actually sam bettinardi made me a putter cover with this y symbol on it which is the it's a it's a symbol the municipality in chicago uses and it's the chicago river connecting to the two branches and so Uh you know sam had made me this putter cover that it was Chicago themed to have this. I was like, oh, that would look sick on a cleat. And so I put that on my shoes. So the, the Grayson Wolf is, is in the back. Um, and then my cleats for, I didn't get them by opening day, but for game two, like now I have the skyline on them on the home cleats. So there's like skyline on the cleats and then the Wolf's in the back. And then my road cleats are one skyline and one has that Y symbol. So like I'll do little things like that throughout the year. You know, and I have some more kind of like Chicago theme stuff planned, but that that to me is really fun. And I, I think too, I, I think you're seeing nowadays with Instagram and social media that players are starting to build their brand outside of their respective profession, whether it be NBA, NHL, MLB. And so, like we said, you know, Grayson, you have partnership with uh, Bettinardi. You're you're really getting yourself in the golf world, and then also. I don't know if a lot of people know that you have a coffee company as well. Yeah, the coffee company has been a blast. Like the I think for me, you know, being in Chicago and having a platform, it's been really fun to do some of this stuff with different companies. Uh it's you know, I was a finance major, my brother got his MBA from Notre Dame. We've been able to do some of this stuff together and like that it's something that I enjoy. I enjoy helping entrepreneurs and being a part of 
companies and helping with marketing strategy. And the coffee has been really, really fun. We started in 2020 as a COVID relief coffee. It was called Quarantine Coffee. And we were giving a large percentage of the proceeds to COVID relief in Chicago. And it, it worked so well that I said, hey, I would love to do this, you know, kind of full time. I'd like to invest in the company and be a part of it. And so it's been really, really cool to see that grow, to build some of those relationships into Chicago. Uh, we have a, a subscription now. It's called the Home Run Club, where every time a Cub hits a homer, the people who subscribe to the club get dinger dollars, and so they can use those on, on things in, on the website. And to be able to provide really, really high-quality coffee to people in a subscription service and then build that community has been so much fun to see, and, and my involvement has, has been, that's been one of the most fun ones for me. I mean, to me, Mr. Ian Happ is living the life. Uh, I mean, he's he's playing in the big leagues. He's he's partnered Shit. with Grace, and he's partnered with Bettinari. The guy has a coffee company. All he really needs to do is have a cigar company, and I'm all in. Oh, there we go. Hat. There we go. That's that could be the next partnership. We actually did we did a coffee. So one of the sponsors for our podcast is is a as Parse Rum. It's a rum company out of Colombia, and the, we used their barrels, and we aged the coffee in their barrels. And it was a coffee to be paired with cigars. It was really, really interesting. So it was a, oh, wow. like a rum-aged coffee. And one of our guys that roast coffee is huge into cigars. And he was like, this will pair perfectly with a cigar. So cigar and coffee, maybe you should try that. I'm a big cigar with coffee guy. Uh, I mean, I brush my teeth with the damn things. I'm yeah. like, your teeth are black. I'm just kidding. Nice. <laughs> They're not. I'm kidding. His dad, hey, Ian, the best part is his dad's a dentist. Yeah, <laughs> so perfect. It goes yeah, hand in perfect. hand. You know, uh, your podcast, I, I saw that you had the podcast. Is that all, is that baseball oriented? Obviously it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we mostly talk baseball. We talk what's going on, um, in the baseball sphere and, and across the league, you know, we'll jump into other stuff. Um, it was something we started also when we were shut down for COVID and 20, but the, COVID. you know, we always joke that our producer will cut it if it's not about baseball. So like, we'll get into golf. We'll talk the masters. Uh, you know, our guys, my other two co-hosts, they love football. You know, they talk about the NCAA tournament and, uh, our joke is always that if we, if we get off track too much, our producer's just going to cut it and he'll go back to the baseball stuff. But it's, uh, it's been really fun to connect with the, we all played together. In, in 2019 and so we're all in different spots now but to get to connect with those guys weekly and then kind of talk shop and, and provide that behind the scenes look is really cool my man you got it going on dude he's non-stop and yeah you probably never come back to pittsburgh you ever come back to pittsburgh you know, I, I get, so now we're only going to come two times this year. You know, normally in the previous schedule, we would go three times a year to play at PNC. Uh, and so I'd always get back for that. I'd try to get back to my high school and, and, you know, my high school coach would always come to the games, which is really, really cool. Um, I still have some family in Greensburg area, Rocco Mediate land. So I'll get back. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll get back once in a while to, to Greensburg. Um, and actually this off season, uh, I got back, I got inducted to the Lebo Hall of Fame, which is pretty cool. So I got to come back for that. Try to make it back as much as I can, though. You got to get back for uh, for Ryan to, to get you on a little spot in Morgantown, West Virginia, which is dynamite. Oh, you know, I was just going to ask if you guys have played Chartiers Country Club. I grew up grew up playing at Chartiers and the redo, you know, that they've done out there, squaring off the bunkers and really cool, really cool. And they're, they've done, yeah. they've done some more since the last time I've played. So that's, I want to get out there this year. Um, still really tight with those guys, uh, and go out and play. 
No, the greens up there are really good. They run pretty good. Yeah, fun track, man. Yeah, and and, and if you get some time in the off season or even in between days up here, we love to peg it up. You know, we get out there somewhere. Yeah, that would be great. Um, I I always tell people, meet. I always tell people, Chartiers is like the toughest sixty six hundred yards you're gonna find. I it is. I mean, it's it's not an easy track. It's the greens not are difficult. Long. The greens are difficult. Some of the lies you get are a little bit, you know, kind of on the hill a little bit there. Um, but yeah, it's a fun track. I love taking teammates out there because it'll be like, be like, where do you want to play? Like Oakmont. We can go to Laurel Valley. Be like, let me take you out to a place called Chartiers, and we'll see what you think. <laughs> get uh, an Uber. They get out. They get. They get off the exit. The Chartiers right there. The French club they call it nowadays. I love that. Oh yeah. Have you have you played anywhere in West Virginia? Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Way back, Greenbrier Pete Dye Golf Club. I think we might have done we might have done Greenbrier, uh, kind of like when I was in high school. But it's been it's been a long time. Yeah, I mean we have you know, I, and I've said this before on the show, but I'll say it again. I got West Virginia covered, so we have <laughs> phenomenal golf in West Virginia from north to south. So um, you know, yeah, anytime. But Pittsburgh has the same thing, and like you said earlier, Chicago is just loaded. I had a chance to play out there at uh, Butler. Other national and it's just you know it just tears you up man but it's fun it's fun yeah butler's butler's one of those places where you're like i love golf it is so fun and you shoot 85 and you hit ball in the rough and you can't get it out and you just want to you just want to quit but you're like that was really great mm-hmm. the one thing i remember most about butler national is that in in their halfway house they had uncrustables that were wheat <laughs> they were wheat though they weren't the the white bread. So I was like, this is fucking genius. They got wheat uncrustables. So, but now you can hardly find them. You got to order them like through a food service company or some shit like that. Yeah. You gotta but, be, we gotta be one of the top 50 um, clubs in the world. Yeah. Or that. Right. My man, it's been awesome having you on here. Um, getting to know you a little bit more. You got a lot of great things going for you. I'm happy for you in that regard. And we're going to turn this over to the last segment of the show presented by Betonardi golf called the tap in segment jonathan's going to ask you a couple questions here that demand your quick-witted response favorite course in pittsburgh sure tears some of the boys that listen to the show are going to love Daddy. it yep uh music or no music on the course music yep what do you listen to i'm all over i'm all over the map i'm all over the map we don't there's we don't discriminate we got all kinds of music we got country we got rap i'm everywhere all right i like it any superstitions before or during a game Hmm. Um, not, not crazy. Not crazy. I think, uh, I have a routine, but I wouldn't call it superstition. Right. All right. Last, the last one. What are you chasing? Chasing a lot of stuff. You know what, you know what I'm chasing? I'm chasing, uh, I'm chasing some under par rounds. I've played a lot of good golf and, uh, I just haven't been able to consistently, Get under par, so I'm, ch- I'm chasing just a couple strokes out there, just a couple. Perfect, and we're, we're all chasing. We yeah, all of us, dude. It was awesome, man. Good connecting with you, Ian. And again, I'm happy for you, especially coming off that fabulous le- year last year. I wish you the best this year with the Cubs and, and and your golf game. I hope you shoot a couple under par rounds. Here we go. Thanks, fellas. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. I'm going to propose to the MLB all Golden Glove winners 
from the year before have to use a gold glove Ooh. the following season. Just so everybody knows where they stand. Dynamite interview. Ian Happ is a good dude. I love that he brought his own microphone. First time ever. Ever that anybody's brought their own microphone to an interview ever. with us. Yep. Um, and he's a professional. He's a, he's, a, he's a professional on the field, off the field. Um, all his ben- business ventures with the coffee, uh, Grayson, Betnardi Golf. Yeah. Really cool. He, he exhibits his golf game outside of baseball. Maybe he's not even a baseball player. It's just what he does to pay the bills. But in, in reality, he just wants to be mm-hmm. out on the course, man. But, yeah, great kid. Awesome interview. Ian, thanks again, my man, for coming on. We look forward to playing some golf with you at some point sometime. I know maybe you'll be uh, playing at PNC Park in the fall. Pirates are off to a hot start, by the way. Oh, and New Walker is all over them right now. Losing crews hurts, man. <laughs> you can't. You got to learn how to slide. Maybe Neil can teach him that one. Ooh, yeah, cracked ankle. But this weekend here, it's Thursday, guys. I know you guys are looking forward to the weekend. Hopefully, the the weather where you're listening to this is going to be good, conducive for golf. We have the RBC Heritage kicking off today in Hilton Head, South Carolina. And if you looked at the lineup, you got some great people playing, man. I think, actually, I think Rom's in it from what I saw. I don't know if that's true, people, but, so don't quote me. But I did but, see that coming into this. There is um, no chance John Rom's playing. I, I'm, I'm taking the next month off if I win the Masters. Uh, me too. Me too. But you know, with these purses now, maybe. I don't know. I don't know, man. But Well, I'll tell you where we're going to be in two weeks. So we're going to be up at Nemecolon. Our buddy Chase Chrisley's coming to town. Uh, we're going to do an interview, in-person interview, because last time his internet sucked, and I'm sure we'll get into that. But, again, go check out Nemecolon. Nemecolon.com. They've got everything. The golf courses are in good shape. We went up there and had a photo shoot last week. Uh, they're in really good shape right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Big Smoke, brought to you by Joyce's Jewelry. May 12th and 13th, two-man, best ball, gross and net, top five of each paid out. Uh, so if you're interested in that, shoot us a message. We'll get you connected with Nemecolon. Take the family there. It's a dynamite spot for everything. There's so much to do whenever it's a nice day out or a shitty day, whatever you want. Nemecolon.com. Beautiful spot, man. Beautiful spot. So I don't know about you guys, but I am definitely going to try to hit some, make some birdies this weekend. Having a hit good some time. Birdies. Hit some birdies. Hit some balls. But I hit it hard, man. Hard. We appreciate you guys tuning in to Chasing Birdies as always. Real quick, bud. Um, yeah. We talked up? about your driver. Mm-hmm. You got fitted. You didn't tell people what you ended up with. I ended up with the Ping G430 LST. But our bags are um, really mixed up. 45 inches for you people out I, there to think I'm short. 45 inches. So it's longer line. than mine. Yeah. It was longer than my old one, and uh, 60 gram X Flex Tenzite orange shaft. And the three or four times that I've hit it, it's night and day, dude. The ball just comes off of that face comes like off. No, nothing else. Um, I love it. I'm so happy you're in the Ping G430, yeah, but yeah, I'm excited. Uh, it's, you it's and be I, fun. we'll mm-hmm. be we'll be uh, using those. And member guests coming up. June's not too far away. We got a full June. Uh, but in the meantime. Make sure you chase them in the office, chase them on the course, and chase them at home. Yeah, guys, appreciate y'all listening here to another episode of Chasing Birdies. Thank you to Evo and your team over at Simpler Media for putting this thing together. Jacqueline DiPaterio and Rachel London, you girls are killing it on the social game. We look forward to catching y'all here in two weeks.